The first reading is uh, taken from Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 16, and can be found on page 1096 in the church Bible beside you or in front of you on the screen. Or not. Yes. Acts chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sowed a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart, that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And a great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down, at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, even though They were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. This is the word of the Lord. Second uh, reading is taken from the first letter of John, uh, which you can find on page 1225 in the Bibles beside you and on the overhead projector. 1 John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live 
by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. This is the word of the Lord. Right, should we just pray before I am, um, just before I kind of unpack this, um, this challenging and this tricky verse, this chapter. Heavenly Father, would you come by your Spirit? Would you fill me as I speak? Would you take away any rubbish in my heart, Lord, and would you fill them with words you want us to hear this evening? Open our hearts to what you have to say. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, it's a, this is a um, it's a challenging um, piece of scripture here in Acts five, um, and we could skip it. We could um, we could make out you know we've done this part, but you know I think we've got a lot to learn from this passage. And I've struggled with this one over the last few weeks as I've been um, praying and reading it. It's been, um, it's been a real challenge to me. So we're still at this, we're at this point where the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and they have everything in common. In Acts 4, we heard last week, they were sharing with one another. They sold their properties and they put it into a pot and they shared it amongst the people who were in need. So sharing was at their heart and it was at Jesus' heart as well. They had everything in common. I don't know about you guys, but our family finds sharing quite difficult. We're not the best at sharing and um, especially my wife. I love her so much and... uh, you know, you should really get, try to get to know her. She's a great woman, and she's, uh, she's much more interested than me. But sharing, you know, it's not, our, it's not our strength. And a few years ago, before the children were born, we was um, on holiday in um, Scotland by Loch Lomond, and uh, we had a, went to a lovely hotel. We had coffee and we had cake. And just before we were going to order the cake, Claire said, does anybody want cake? No, it was me and um, my brother-in-law and Claire's sister. No, no one wants cake. Are you sure? Because I am not sharing my cake, my banoffee pie, what she ordered. And then the waiter came, 
And she looked at us with her eyes and was like, stay away from my banoffee pie. This is mine. And of course, it was beautiful. When it came, we were like, oh! It came, and all three of us picked up our forks at the same time, and we dived in, and all hell broke loose. The banoffee pie went in the air, and Claire stormed out. Um, sorry, darling. But sharing is really important, and we're not that bad at sharing. I mean, we're not very good at sharing chocolate and cake and... Uh, but Jesus, sharing was at the heart of his ministry, and it was at the heart of the disciples' ministry. And I've been over this, this um, chapter in Acts 5 this week, praying about it, seeking um, kind of clarity. And it's a tough message. But I think it's a message, friends, that we all need to hear, that we're going to be challenged by. And how do we apply this to our lives? Do you know what? What is, God, what is God telling us through this message? You know, just to say, just to give you a little disclaimer, I'm not a big theologian. I'm not that well educated. So yeah, we're going to unpack this together. And I know you guys are going to be gentle with me. And at this point in Acts 5, it, it feels like it's all, all getting a bit messy. It's, it's all kicking off in a way for God's people. We've just heard this reading, haven't we? And it's pretty black and white. There's no messing around. It's, it's straight to the point. You know, look, sometimes look at my life and it can be messy. It can be tough like it can for all of us. And Jesus said, didn't he, that it's not going to be easy. This Christian walk we're all on is, is going to have its challenges. He never said it would be easy. So we see a group of followers. They had something in common. They had Jesus in common. And they sell their property. And they keep some money back for themselves. And they probably give a huge chunk of money to the disciples for the disciples' work. You see, if you look back at chapter 4, and if you look at chapter 5, I think there's a thread running through both of these chapters. And I think this thread is honesty. And sometimes I look at my life. There are areas of my life which I'm not honest at. And maybe we look at our own lives and sometimes we just we fall short. We're not honest. Maybe we're not honest at sport. Maybe we're not honest, honest with our benefits or doing our tax returns. Or maybe our timesheets at work. Or expenses, even at church. Maybe we put an extra mile down. Maybe we're not honest. Maybe we put our hand into the petty cash. For me, am I honest in the way I run my business? Am I honest in the way I treat my staff? Am I honest with my finances? 
<clears throat> you know, most of us, we give to the church. We give to God's, God's kingdom. And the Bible calls this a tithe. And it's suggested that, you know, we give 10% of our income. But I know for some of us, we can't afford that. You know, and that's okay. Probably the treasurer doesn't think that's okay. But, you know, God, he's not interested in the amount we give. He's interested in our hearts, not our bank balances or our wallets. And if we look back into chapter 4, we see this man called Barnabas. He sells his property. And he gives all the money to the church. But then in chapter 5, we see this fella come along, Ananias and his wife. And they do the same. They sell their property. And you might be saying, well, it was their property. They sold it. If they wanted to keep back some of the money, well, what's the problem in that? But I think it's more than that. I think they devoted and they dedicated it to the church and to the Lord. I'm going to sell my property And when I sell it, I will bring the money to the church. I will help meet the needs. Yep, it was was free for them to do as they pleased, to give it all or to give part of it. After all, the house was theirs. You see, I feel the problem was not how much they gave, but more that they pretended to give it all. And sometimes that's the same for us, isn't it? We pretend to give it all to God. God, I'm going to give you it all. But we don't. We fall short. They pretended to give it all. Do you know, they were were the kind of people The people on the outside sometimes call us inside. They call us hypocrites. And you know, hypocrisy was something that Jesus, he he, he hit head on. He hit the hypocrites head on and hypocrisy. We see in, in, um, in Luke 12, in verse 1, do you know, Jesus could, he could handle, and he loved being around broken people, sinners like me, people who were lost, people who were struggling with life. You know, Jesus spent most of his time with them. But Jesus described these people in Luke 12 as being dishonest and how they love to put on a show. You know, the definition of a hypocrite is an actor, one who wears a mask. You know, what you see is not what you get. What you see is what they want you to see. You know, we know people like that, don't we? And sometimes I'm guilty of that. So why was Jesus so hard? 
on these hypocrites. Jesus tells us, doesn't he, when we pray, go to your room. When we give, give anonymously. Don't make a big show out of it. You see, when Ananias brings his money from the sale of the house, you know, it's a big, it's a big chunk of cash. We're not talking a few pennies here. And you know, Peter's, Peter's response, if you look at Peter's response, it wasn't grateful, was it? But he says, Why has Satan made you keep back some of the money? Why have you lied? Are you sure it is all the money? I mean, can you imagine the disciples, their reaction to Peter's reaction? This guy had just sold his house. He'd given, it, he'd given a huge chunk of money. And Peter is question, questioning Ananias. Is this all of the money? Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? And we all know what happens next. Ananias drops down dead. And there are men waiting to carry him out. And they bury him. Now, just imagine that that happens at St. Jude's. I sell my house... And I go to Mike, our vicar, and I say, Mike, I've just sold a house. I've got a huge chunk of cash here for you. Can we imagine what Mike's reaction would be? It wouldn't be like Peter's, would it? He'd be grateful. He could use it to build God's kingdom here in South Sea. But Peter's response, why did he, res- why did he respond like that to Ananias you know maybe if Mike had responded if I said to Mike this is the money from my house maybe if Mike responded like Ananias maybe I would have maybe I would have fallen down dead maybe I would have had a heart attack on Mike's response it's interesting isn't it that Ananias falls down dead and no one goes to his aid I wonder if that was me and I had a heart attack after telling Mike, after Mike telling me, are you sure that's all the money, Fran? You know, it'd be different here. People would support me. People would try to help me. But not here. They just carry him out and they bury him. And it goes on to say, doesn't it, in verse 7, Three hours later, Ananias' wife, she's got no idea that her husband is dead. No idea. And Peter's response is pretty shocking, really. He doesn't break it to her gently. He doesn't take her into a room. Peter just says, 
did you sell the property for this amount? She says, yes. And we all, we all know what happens next. She then falls down at his feet and is carried out to be buried with her husband. I think Peter needs to go on a pastoral care course. And you know, it goes on to say in verse 11, I'm not sure why they're saying this. The whole church was full of fear. I mean, what would you be scared of? You know? <laughs> but it's a question I'm struggling with here in this passage. It is, come on, God. Did they both have to die? Did they both have to die? Was it lying to God or to the Holy Spirit? Or was it the lack of honesty of Ananias and his wife trying to deceive the disciples, the fellowship? Their sin, of course, was lying to God. And God judged him very harshly. Why? God wants to God wants us to realize that dishonesty that greed are destructive in the church in our families in our communities in our workplaces You know all lying is bad but when we lie to try and deceive God and his people about it affects our relationship with Jesus. We destroy our testimony with God. It's challenging for me to understand. You know, I look and we are. We're supposed to be honest, every one of us. But let's face it, we all fall short. And we all fail at being honest. And Lord, I just thank you that you that your mercies are new every morning and your grace and love are so big for us. Is, is everyone still with me? You're keeping up. It's a, it'd be good to get your feedback on this one. I don't know. I, I, have I been a bit harsh on Peter, on pastoral Pete? really. But looking at the decisions he's made, maybe he didn't make him, maybe he didn't go about it in the right way, pastorally. But without a doubt, I think he's made the correct decision. I think he's listened and discerned, discerned God's voice. That's why he responded with authority to Ananias and to Sapphira. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. And you know what? He took a bold step. He was courageous in his response. And if we read on in this chapter, it says that the church grows. And in that growth, many people were healed. So yes, Peter made the right decision. 
He might not have gone about it in the right way. But can you imagine if he never listened to the Holy, to the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine he never listened to the Holy Spirit? And he didn't discern God's voice. And he chose Ananias and Sophia to be part of his leadership team. I don't think we'd have seen the church grow as fast as it has done. I don't think we'd have seen the miracles happen with them on their leadership team. You know, as God's people, we must be in tune. And we must listen to the Spirit. Sometimes it it involves being courageous and taking a really bold step coming out of our comfort zones. But I think we need to be like Peter and listen to the Spirit and to respond to the Spirit. Thank you.